some noise for Jesus. Come on, equipers, somebody make some noise for the King of Kings. Come on, somebody make some noise for the Lord of Lords. Come on, somebody make some noise for the great Messiah. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Anybody excited to be in the house? High five five people around you tell them it's on this morning. It's on. It's on. It's on. It's on. It's about to go down. Yeah. I'm excited. You guys that work, you, you guys stay there. You just re look really cool. You stay there too. Yeah. Yeah. Just give me something soft behind me as I read. And then when I finish reading, then maybe, maybe, just maybe, I might have you stay, but maybe you can guys can maybe come back toward the end. That'd be cool. Yeah, you guys have the coolest band. I mean, these guys look really cool. Make some noise for the band. Well, as Pastor Scott said, uh, I'm just tremendously excited, um, humbly elated to be here and excited that God has uh, decided for me to be here with you in New Zealand this week. This week has been explosive and fun. I have discovered your, your country, and, uh, and I like it. I like it. I'm going to tell you a few things I like. You ready? Number one, I like the butter. Somebody say butter. Oh, glory to God. Oh, taste and see that the butter is good. And somebody say lamb. Oh, behold the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. It was good, too. Uh, I was really, really excited. As you can see, I don't miss many meals, so I'm somewhat of a food connoisseur. And uh, so I love food, and I was excited to get here to try it. My bishop sends his greetings from Dallas, Texas, Bishop T.D. Jakes, uh, the world's bishop. Amen. He knows that I'm here. He told me to try the lamb and the butter. I did it. Sent him pictures. He says, indescribable. So he's had it before, and uh, he loves New Zealand as well. He sends his greetings, and I'm excited to be here. Can we make some noise for your pastors, Pastor Sam and Kathy? I just, I just see it as a tremendous honor to be here, and, and the very fact that Pastor Sam is not here, and this is my very first time preaching, man, I'll tell you, I just take that so seriously. Uh, not everyone trusts you with their pulpit. Not everybody trusts you to speak into their people. So it just speaks to the heart and the passion of your pastor. And I'm excited to be here. Amen. Uh, I, I've been married 17 years. I've got a wonderful, wonderful family of three children. Amen. Y'all pray for me. It's break time for them. They just went back to school. My wife is finally getting some rest, some relaxation. But uh, the kids have just went back to school. So you guys pray for us. Uh, you want to see pictures of my family? I want to challenge you to follow me on Instagram. <laughs> yes, it is at Ontario Green. I documented my entire trip here. You guys go check it out. I was on waterfalls and slides and uh, uh, all kind of stuff yesterday. I went to, went to the Black Sand Beaches. Come on, somebody. Yes, Black Sand Beaches. I went out there with, uh, with, with Canaan and uh, my man Nathan. They took such great care of me. Amen. They didn't let a rock cut my foot open. Glory to God. I was able to stand on my own two feet this morning when I woke up. My thighs are tight. Glory to God. I got a great workout in, but I am here in the house of the Lord. They took great care of me. Amen. Are we ready for the word of God? Open your Bibles, if you will. I want to move expeditiously because I believe God has something to say to you on this second Sunday 
in this year. I believe that if you lean in and you hear and really, really have an ear to hear what God has to say, I believe he's going to say some things to your spirit today that's going to set an amazing trajectory for your 2018. Amen. If you will allow me to use this bully pulpit to just share some things with you that God has spoken into my spirit, I believe that the latter years, the latter of this year, that everything else that's going to be happening from this week on for the rest of the year will be the greatest part of your year. Can anybody believe that with me this morning? Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. There we'll find the assignment of the Lord this morning. Luke chapter 8. We're going to start at verse 40. We're going to read down until Jesus says stop. How about that? Amen. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. If you have another version, it's okay. You can follow along with me or follow on the screens. But I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. Once again, that's Luke chapter 8 verse 40. To be homiletically correct, I've said it three times. I hope you guys are with me and ready to follow along. You ready? Let's get into the book. Luke chapter 8. Here we go. Verse 40. So it was mm -hmm, when Jesus returned that the multitudes welcomed him, for they were all awaiting for him. They were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was the ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at the feet of Jesus and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age. Somebody say 12. Say it with a little more force, 12. Say it like you got the Holy Ghost, 12. And she was dying, but he went and the multitudes thronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all of her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus says, who touched me? And when all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throb and press you, and you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. And now when the, when the woman saw that she could not be hidden, she came uh, trembling and falling down before him, and she declared in the presence of all of the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go and peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered and said to them, do not be afraid. Only believe and she will be made well. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the girl. And now all wept and mourned for her, but she, but he said, do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside. Side note, sometimes when God has taken you somewhere in your life, when God's getting ready to do something, when what God is getting ready to do in 2019, you got to be ready to let aside anybody, anything, any, any hindrance, anything, that, any blockage, come on, any mindset that's going to keep you from getting what you need from God. Sometimes you got to get radical. You got to do something uncomfortable. You got to get out of the box. You got to do something that you don't normally do to get something that you don't normally get. Somebody say amen. He put them all outside and took the little girl by the hand and saying, little girl arise. Then her spirit returned and he said, he said, and she arose immediately and he commanded that she be given something to eat. Glory to God for food. And he, and her parents were astonished but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Today, I want to talk to you for the next few minutes from the subject, 12 years a slave, no more. 
12 years a slave no more. Let's pray. Awesome God, I pray that today, the second Sunday of 2019, someone came in this room carrying chains, shackled by their hands and their feet, shackled in their brain, shackled in their emotions, shackled in their spirits. Father, I pray that you would breathe on the people of God this morning and bring a spirit of revival in this house that even those that are watching at the other campuses, Father, would feel the Spirit of God hovering over that sanctuary, in that room. I pray that you would touch every believer. I pray that you would save every unbeliever. I pray that you would bring us out into an expected end. Father, I thank you for victory in front of us. I thank you for victory on the right. I thank you for victory on the left. I thank you for victory behind us. Devil, that's the sound of victory. You are under our feet and we give you glory in advance that you're about to have your way in this place. Do what only you can do in this house. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen. amen. I feel like preaching. It's good stuff. I love it. Good job, guys. Thank you so much. Y'all make some noise for the band. Let's get to work. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Luke chapter 8 is absolutely amazing. Luke chapter 8 is, is, is following Jesus and, and his most pivotal, pivotal years of his life, his most effective years of his life. You see, Jesus has spent 30 years being a regular young man. He has hidden himself amongst the regular people, and, and now he has thrusted himself into the call of God that is on his life. He was baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist, and when he went down and came up, the Holy Ghost came down and activated what God placed on the inside. So Jesus began to come on the scene, and he began to do signs, miracles, and wonders. He began to, he began to heal uh, 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 blind men. He began to save lame men. He began to call dead things to Life. He began to do all types of unbelievable things in the Bible. And, and now we're here in Luke, in the book of Luke, and we're watching Jesus. Now, Jesus has risen. He's risen from, from regular to popular. He has thousands of people following the movement. This was before Instagram and Twitter. Hallelujah. This was before any digital technology could take snapshots or pictures. This was before you could take a selfie and show that you were on the scene. Jesus had, had started a movement that, that had moved into a city. And, and it moved into a city with this young lady and this, this church leader named Jairus. Somebody say Jairus. Yes, Jairus was the ruler of the synagogue. He was the church pastor. He was the leader of the land. And, and, and he had a bit of a situation on his hands because uh, his daughter had an issue his daughter had an issue. I'm, I'm not just talking about an issue. I'm talking about near-death issue where she was dying. The Bible says that she was dying and Jesus has come into the city. Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about, hey, Zeus, I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about uh, uh, the dude you grew up with in school with the same spelling as Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus, the King of glory. I'm talking about Jesus, the Lord of lords. I'm talking about water-walking Jesus. I'm talking about Bible-walking Jesus. I'm talking about the Word made flesh Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. 
Yeah, Jesus has entered into the town and he's come in with the spiritual swag. He has carrying the anointing of God with him and everybody's walking trying to find out what Jesus is about to do next. Somebody say Jesus is in the city. Yes, Jesus is in New Zealand. He's walking the streets and he's coming into casinos and taking over stuff because that's just what Jesus does. So Jesus has entered the town and he has moved into place. And you got to understand, I see things through a cinematic mindset because I love going to the movies. Your pastor, Sam, took me to the movies the first day. I think it's prophetic that we should be friends for life because I love the movie. He cleared the whole theater out. It was just he and I. I'm telling you, it's a special pastor you have there. I love movies because I tend to look at the Bible when I read it through a cinematic mindset. So I see camera lenses. I see camera lenses. I see drone cameras. I see cameras swooping into the scene. So I'm watching a movie take place here. And if I'm watching the movie through a certain lens, I'm looking at the first lens. And the first lens is the woman. Somebody say the woman. Yes, the woman was a woman that had an issue, but before she had an issue, uh, the woman was named the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, interesting that Luke describes this woman not by her name, but by her issue. <laughs> you, see, you see, sometimes in life, God will set you free. He will push you out of the arena that you used to be in. He will bring you out of the crowds that you used to hang with. He will take you out of the lifestyle that you used to live. And there's always going to be those people who always love to remind you of who you used to be and what you used to do and how you used to act. And instead of calling you by your new nature, they will, call, they will identify you by who you used to be and how you used to act. But sometimes you got to stand up and say, greater is he that lives in me than he that comes against me in the world. I'm not what I I used to be I'm not what I used to do everything about me is new everything about me is who God has called me to be somebody say yeah, yeah. this woman she's nameless she doesn't even get a name she doesn't even get a name she's described by her issue and the issue that this woman has you have to understand something about this issue this issue was an issue that should have lasted maybe a week and this issue moved from a week to a few weeks to a few weeks to a month she goes to the doctor to find out what's going on and the doctor says I don't know what to do we've given you every prescription we can give you and it hasn't stopped your issue so she keeps going and now a month turns into a few months a few months turns into six six months turns to a year she's having an issue that should have stopped after a week and now she's finding out that there is absolutely nothing. They've sent her away for medicine, away. They've sent her to holistic. They've sent her to prescription. They've sent her to everything that you can think of. And no doctor can save what situation she has in her body. And now this issue that she has is not only an issue that causes her pain on the inside, but it also causes her distance on the outside. Because when you have this particular issue at this time in history, you are not allowed to come into the house of God. You are not allowed to come around certain people. So she was ostracized with her issue. Anybody know what it feels like to have an issue that ostracizes you? Not only does it cause pain on the inside, but there's some pain on the outside. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you're 2000. 2018 was pain on the inside and pain on the outside. Can somebody say amen? amen? So she's got an issue. She's living with this issue for 12 long years. She's racked with pain every day. She's having her issue 
every moment. It doesn't go away. It gets worse. The pain is so bad she can't even stand straight up. She has to walk with her head low. This woman has an issue. And it's interesting that Jesus has showed up and this woman is about to be healed from her issue because it helps me to remember that no matter how many issues I might have because I have some issues and if you are truthful in this room, you do too. Don't y'all look at me with them sanctified eyes. <laughs> I know there's some people in this room that have some issues. I mean, the Bible is full of people who have issues. You know the Bible. God is specializes in using people with some issues. Y'all remember Moses? Moses, tell Pharaoh to let my people go. But God, I can't speak. Moses shows up and he tells Pharaoh, Pharaoh, he said, let the people go. After Pharaoh laughs at him, he throws his stick down and turns into a snake. And now we got a real situation on our hands. Come on, somebody. God loves to use people who have issues. Father Abraham had many sons and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them. And so are Yeah. So let's just praise the Lord right on Father Abraham. Have many sons. Yeah, yeah. Liar! <laughs> Pants on fire! Abraham walks into a city with his wife. I mean, she, she must have looked like my wife. She must have been fine. And, and, the, and the king, because to, to turn a king's eye, you got to be a bad sister. So, so, so. Read your Bible. Tell the truth. In the book of Genesis. Abraham walks into a city with his wife. She's fine. She looks good. King says, who's that? Who's that lady? Beautiful lady. Come on this way. Abraham lies and says, this is my sister because he doesn't want to be killed. And it took a dream to interrupt the situation for the king not to take his wife. I mean, can you imagine what, 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 what Abraham's wife must have been saying to Abraham? Now, Abraham... Abraham, you better tell him the truth. I am not, I'm, I'm going to say something. You better say something. I'm going to say something if you don't say something. Because he is not. But I am your, you better speak up for me, Abraham. Be a man, Abraham. Be a man. Situation must have gotten pretty bad. Abraham was a liar, pants on fire. But use, he's the father of many nations, the Bible says. And if we were to look through some of your lives and if we were to put some of your situations and issues on the screen, some of you would leave this room hiding your face because you don't want anyone to know about your issues. But I thank God that we serve a God who looks beyond our issues, who doesn't care what we've gone through, who doesn't care what we've been, who doesn't care what our past was, who doesn't care what our mama did, doesn't care who our daddy was, and he looks past our issues and he still sees Purpose. Somebody say purpose. 
There's purpose behind your pain. There's purpose behind your past. There's God is getting ready to do something. The greater the purpose, the greater the pain, the greater the situation, the greater the gain. God is getting ready to do something in your life. If you faint not, if you don't give up, if you don't give in, if you continue your race and continue to move towards what God has called you to do, there's a great reward on the end. Somebody say, I got purpose on my life. I got purpose. Talk back to me. I'm a black preacher. I need you to say something. I, I, need you, I need to feel you in my sanctified pocket with me. I need to know you with me as I'm preaching. Come on, somebody say something back to me. Uh-huh. So we switch camera lenses. We see a woman who has an issue. Now we switch camera lenses to the crowd. Somebody say the crowd. The crowd's interesting because the crowd is... Bible. Now, you got to understand Jesus is popular. There are, there has to be tons of people surrounding Jesus. And now he's getting ready to go perform a miracle. This is their chance to see what they've heard all about. They've heard about the lame man. They've heard about the blind man. They've heard about, they've heard about Lazarus. They've heard about walking on water. They've heard about it all, and now they get to see Jesus. They, get, they heard about uh, 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 it raining down bread and, and, and fish. They've heard about the sushi that came down from heaven, glory to God, and wouldn't stop until everybody was. But they've heard about Jesus, and now they get to see Jesus in motion. The excitement that must have built in the moment that there is a miracle that they may get to witness. So the Bible says that there was a crowd around and they were crowding around him so much so that the Bible says that they were throgging him. Now, when you look up the word throg, it means to crush, to crush or press against. That means that they were so close that they could actually crush him. Can you imagine Jesus just trying to move through the crowd to get to Jairus, the girl, and the Bible says that the crowd was so close that they could crush him, and Jesus stops the parade, stops the motion towards the miracle, and he asks the unthinkable question, who touched me? Who touched me? And now, you know, Peter's always been the smart mouth one that will say stuff that no one else will say. He will speak up when no one else will speak. He's always the spokesman for the rest of the disciples. And he speaks up and says, ah, ah, ah. You, you ask all about, the, there's people all around you, sir. I'm, I, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just saying, everybody's touching you. <laughs> sir, blessed Savior, sir. No disrespect, man. And Jesus says, no, 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 Peter. Someone touched me in a different way. Someone touched me with a sense of desperation that stopped me from moving towards my destination. Someone touched me with desperation so much so that it stopped my footsteps towards moving towards the miracle I was going towards. Someone touched me with so much desperation. Someone touched me with all brokenness. Someone touched me without fearing what other people would think. Someone touched me in a way that I could not ignore them at all. Someone touched me like Stephen touched me when he was being stoned. Someone touched me to the point to where I had to stop what I was doing to hear and see what was going on because they touched me so much they pulled on my power. My question to all of you in this room is how come the rest of the people 
who were pressing up against Jesus were not touching him the way this woman was touching him. My brothers, my sisters of Equippers Church, all the campuses that are watching, I need you to understand something that it is so important that you understand the importance that every time you come into the house of God, every time you get into a discipleship group, every time you get into worship, every time you get to praise God, every time you get to lift your hands, you better do everything you can to get a breakthrough from God. You better keep your desperation. You better keep your frustration. You better push that stuff aside and reach for the Lord and say, it is I, Lord, standing in the need. Never get to a place where you get comfortable being in the presence of the Savior. But every time you come to church this year, I need you to declare this is your year of desperation. I need you to declare this is your year moving towards the Savior. I need you to make up in your mind that every time you dot the door, you're going to get something from the Savior because I'm desperate for every single thing he has for my life. Somebody say, I'm desperate. desperate. Yeah, I believe you. I'm desperate. I need your touch. I need your encouragement. I need you to fuel me up. I need you to fill me up. I need you to help me because this job is driving me crazy. I need you to help me because this traffic is making me lose my mind up in here, up in here. <laughs> These kids going to make me go all out up in here, up in here. Jesus, I need you. See, you got to keep that desperation because... Desperation caused the crowd to not really get what the woman got from him. She got more because she wanted more. When you want more, you'll get more. The Bible says, he who hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. You shall get everything that you put a demand on from God. This is your year to put a demand on everything that God has for your life. Woman, crowd, now we move our attention to the reach. Somebody say reach. Now, you got to understand something. I need someone, please. You got to understand something. This, this scene is set. You got a huge crowd of people who are frogging Jesus, which means they're pressing up against him. That means there's people everywhere. There is a woman with an issue who needs a touch from Jesus. A woman with an issue that was 12 years having her not stand straight. An issue that would keep her from being a part of the regular society. An issue that prevented her from being all that she could be. It reminds me of a woman who reached for Jesus almost 20 years ago. She lives in the States. She was born into a family where she got pregnant with her first child at age 12, had the baby at 13, the baby was taken from her, given to another family member. She got on drugs really bad. She began to prostitute to make her living because she had to drop out of school. She did whatever it took because she had a few issues. She kept moving in the vein of prostitution and drugs and selling drugs until she got pregnant again at age 21. This time, no one came and saved the child from her. The child stayed with the woman. 
The woman would walk the streets with the child. The woman would go from hotel to motel to different places with the child. Or the woman would go to, 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 to food places when they had nothing to eat and beg for food because she did not have what it took to be able to take care of her son and no one was rescuing her from her situation. Not only did she have to care for herself, but she had to figure out how she was gonna take care of this boy. And, 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 and it got so bad to where she would just stay with men, even if they were abusive, if they would provide protection and covering, place to stay and food. So she would be taking the beating so that her and her son could be safe and have a warm place to stay because she had no choice. How many of you know that's an issue? Until one day this woman went to prison. She goes to jail. She goes to jail because she violates her probation. She went in and out of jail all the time. This time she violated her probation and they said that she was going to do several years. And while she was behind bars, she left her child with someone who was in a worse situation than she was. So her child was being exposed to all types of things, gang activity, he joined a gang. He, he witnessed all types of things he shouldn't have witnessed. He went to 16 different elementary schools, six different middle schools, three different high schools. Until one day, behind bars, the woman hears the word of the Lord come in her cell via satellite from a preacher who was being satellited into her prison and this preacher preached such an amazing word that everything in her broke free. Her issues of low self-esteem, her issues of insecurity, her issues of drug addiction, her issues of abandonment, her issues began to fall off as she was in prison. And now while she's in the prison cell, she found herself more freer than she did when she was outside of the prison. Woman gets out of jail. Somehow she gets released early. Paperwork messed up. I believe it was God. She gets out of jail after doing two years. She comes and finds that young boy that she had in the streets with her. And she drags him to the church of the man who was satellited into her prison because she found out he started a church in her town. She drags him by his right ear. He started with a drug mom. He ends with a drug mom. His mom drug him by his right ear <laughs> to the third row, second seat from the end every Sunday faithfully and forced him to hear this preacher who preached a word that set her free. And after about six to nine months of going to the church in a youth service, the boy who had been abandoned, the boy who had such poor self-esteem that he could never see himself. The boy that was behind in his schoolwork because he could not read or write on a comprehensible level. That boy made a choice in 1999 to give his life to Jesus at an altar at that same church, a part of the same ministry that was satellited into the prison that brought freedom to his mother. And today, that woman goes back out into the streets that she once worked as a prostitute to redeem women out of that lifestyle. She serves as a peer advocate between the judges and the city and the women, and she decides what needs to happen to each woman who was, who was rounded up in these prostitution things they do in the city. And instead of throwing them all in prison and saying they all have to do the same time, they're allowing this woman to dictate what needs to happen with each individual. 
She has her own ministry where she goes back out and she pours into these women and teach them life skills and shows them how to live their life again and let them know that through their pain, there is still promise. And that boy, that boy that was in the streets, that boy that had to beg for food, that boy that went to 16 different elementary schools, six different middle schools, three different high schools, stands before you this morning, giving God all of the glory and all of the praise who's been married for 17 amazing years who have three of the most beautiful children that you have ever seen in your life and is preaching the gospel all over the world to let a generation know that despite your issues you don't have to be a slave anymore somebody stand to your feet and give God a praise in this place Every head bowed, every eye closed. I feel the Holy Spirit. Nobody leave. God's about to do something special in this place. I believe God sent me all the way from Dallas, Texas. I believe he sent me all the way from Dallas, Texas. Because he knew that there were still some people in New Zealand that were still bound to the slavery of your issues, of your past. And I believe God sent me this morning to remind someone in this room that no matter what you've done in the past, no matter what your issue may be, it doesn't matter if it's suicide, it doesn't matter if it's low self-esteem, it doesn't matter if you had a bad upbringing, it doesn't matter if you're in a life of sin, it doesn't matter what issue you might have, The Holy Spirit told me to tell you that Jesus is in New Zealand and he is in this service today to set the captives free. And while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I want to know who God sent me to talk to this morning. If you're in this room, there's two categories of people I want to pray for. First category, you've never experienced the freedom of Christ. You don't know him as your personal Lord and Savior. You've never said yes to him. You came to church because someone asked you. You came in. It's a social thing for you. You really haven't committed. You think, you've thought about it. You're flirting with the Savior, but you really haven't committed. If you're in this room this morning, I want you to start your year off the right way. Why don't you start your year the right way and drop these chains? Because the chains of sin always lead to a lifestyle that is restricted, that keeps you from fulfilling the purpose of God on your life. If you're in this room with every head out bowed and every eye closed and you need to give your life to the Lord on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I want to know who I'm praying for. One, today is the day of salvation. Two, you don't have to leave with these chains anymore. Three, hands up if you need salvation. You want to say yes to Jesus for the first time. I see those hands. I see you. I see you. The Holy Ghost sees you. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see you. I see you. I see you in the back. I see you on the side. I see you in the middle. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. God sees you. Hands down. Second group of people I want to pray for. I want to pray for someone who's forgot the importance of desperation. I'm desperate for you. I want to pray for someone that 2018 was so hard on you. It took the wind out of your sail. It 
It took the passion out of your praise. It robbed you of your relationship with the Savior. And you have forgotten the sweet moments that you used to spend together. You've forgotten about your discipleship. You've forgotten about getting in your word. You've, you've forgotten about the importance of your worship. If you're in this room, every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to know who you are because I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God restores your passion and he revives your spirit this morning. If you're in this room, throw your hands up. I want to know who I'm praying for. I see you. I see you. I see you. Hands down. Would you all be so bold for me to meet me at this altar? Because desperation requires effort. If you raise your hand for either one of those situations, whether you're giving your life to Christ or whether you, you just need to be revived in your spirit, can you meet me down here? Right now, move. Get out of your seat. Come on. You've walked further for a drink. You've walked further for a nightclub experience. You've walked further. Come on, I need you to make your way out of your seat. And I want you to meet me at this altar. And I want you to bring your issue at this altar with you. I need you to bring your guilt. I need you to bring your shame. I need you to bring your frustration. I need you to bring your low self-esteem. I need you to bring that spirit of suicide. To this altar with you because Jesus is here and I I'm desperate for you come on can you lift your hands just a moment and worship you just lift your hands come on can you just lift your hands for a moment and just allow yourself to be desperate before the Lord this morning hallelujah father I pray that you would restore passion I pray that you would revive their praise I pray father in the name of Jesus that whom the Son has set free is free Restore your praise in your people. Ah, 
Every head. Every head towards Jesus. Every hand lifted towards heaven. Every head towards Jesus. Every hand lifted towards heaven. Every hand on every campus lifted. Every head on every campus towards Jesus right now. Let us pray. Father, we bless you for this moment that you have reminded us that we are free. Father, I thank you for every shackle that dropped to the floor this morning. Thank you for the power of the cross. Thank you for the power of Jesus being in every service on every campus this morning. Thank you, Jesus, that you're walking the floors in these rooms, that you're setting the captives free, that you're loosening the bound, and you're reminding us of our purpose, and you're shaping our identities in you. This day and this moment, we commit the rest of this year to desperately pursuing you, desperately pursuing your purpose for our lives, desperately pursuing the gifts of God that you placed on the inside, desperately pursuing discipleship, desperately pursuing worship, desperately pursuing how I can serve in the house of God. And we commit this year to you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. We give you praise, we give you worship, and we adore you in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. amen. Lose your mind in here if you're free. I said lose your mind in here.